welcome to the Hormones in Harmony podcast. I'm your host, Vivian Allred, former chronic illness sufferer turned trusted health practitioner. My passion is helping people to identify and address the root causes of their symptoms through my online business, Viva Natural Health. If you're struggling with confusing or stubborn symptoms that just won't go away despite your best efforts, then you're in the right place. If I can heal from a long list of symptoms and conditions, including cystic acne, hair loss, severe food reactions, and brain fog, then you can heal too. Stay tuned for weekly episodes that share expert guest interviews, Q&A, and solo episodes that are all intended to help you wherever you're at on your healing journey. The information shared on this podcast is intended for educational purposes only, and is not designed to replace the advice of your health practitioner. That said, let's get into today's episode. Hello everyone. You might be a little bit confused as to why we're talking about dogs today, but trust me, I have a reason. If you didn't already know, because I've been sharing him on Instagram constantly, I have a little dog. I'm a dog mum now. He is a little chihuahua. His name is Norman, and he is now part of the family. And my guest today definitely summarises this when I joked that this is a women's health and hormone podcast and we're talking about dogs, but a lot of people are pet lovers. I'm sorry for those of people who don't have dogs or have cats. I'm not a cat lover. So we're just going to talk about dogs today because this is my podcast. (laughs) But I hope you find this useful if you are a pet lover or if you're wanting to get a dog. I found it fascinating and a lot of these concepts can actually be crossed over to human health, which I found very interesting. And the more that I was looking into nutrition for dog and different supplements and the gut health even, I was like, wow, this is a whole nother world. And a lot of it was kind of things I already knew, but I, de- I just never thought about it when it came to pets. Because the last time I had a dog, I wasn't into this holistic health world. So now it only makes sense for me that... I treat him as holistically as possible and I do the same things that I do. So he even has filtered water to drink and my boyfriend Luke jokes a little bit. He's like, oh God, he's such a spoiled dog. But if I'm not drinking tap water, then I'm not going to give him tap water because of all of the contaminants. So just little things that we can do, just avoiding certain foods or unnecessary medications, which are all covered today by a professional. His name is Nick Thompson. And when I asked a few of my colleagues and I I called online, who should I talk to about holistic health for for dogs in particular, Nick Thompson's name came up over and over again. So I'll give you his bio and then we'll get into the episode because it's a long one and it's packed full of information from the very get-go because he is used to doing seminars and lectures. So he was going, just giving me all of this gold information and I just chimed in every now and again with some questions. But Nick Thompson is a vet that's been fighting for responsible, species-appropriate raw food for pets for over 25 years. He is the founding president of, president of the International Raw Feeding Veterinary Society and has co-authored a pioneering worldwide survey of 79 vets and their experience feeding raw food. He has co-organized international raw food conferences for the RV. RFVS since 2012. In 1999, Nick established his practice, which specializes in holistic pet care, called Holistic Vet. 
And he's now based in Corsham near Bath. He offers homeopathy, natural nutrition and herbal medicine and a lot of good old fashioned common sense, he says, for dogs and horses. His pet topics are gastroenterology, so digestive health and the microbiome and the misuse of pharmaceutical medicine. He loves researching all aspects of human and animal nutrition. He's a regular contributor to YouTube discussions on raw feeding and blogs to promote the raw feeding cause. He also shares his passion for raw feeding with a nutritional consultancy service to the premier raw pet food companies in the UK and Europe. We get a few brands today. He has lectured and consulted in raw food, nutrition and medicine all across the world now. In this episode, we start with the basics. What is raw food? Why is it important? And why is it species appropriate? And why we as humans should be eating a species appropriate diet, not something that's created in a lab. We bust some of the myths. So the risks of parasite and bacteria, he basically says they're a non-issue, just to summarise. But if you want to know why, then definitely keep listening. The problem with regular kibble, so dried food, how to transition across from dry food, because sometimes there's a bit of a process. Other dogs, it's just overnight. You can literally swap them. We talk about the downsides of home making your meals. Like you can't just go to the supermarket and get minced beef because that's not the um, the correct way of processing it for pets. And people who are just trying to do raw food without learning how to do it properly, they run into issues and that's where vets and other pe- professionals, they if they're more in the conventional world, they start to really not like and actually go against raw feeding. We talk about homeopathy for dogs and supplements, if they've got joint issues, allergies, if they have digestive issues, if they have worms and fleas, what you can do for natural treatment and how to find a holistic vet if you are local to him. But he does work online and he gives a resource to find holistic vets near you. So yeah, lots of resources that will all be mentioned in the episode show notes. I will probably be consulting with Dr. Nick at some point for little Norman if he runs into any issues. But yeah, an overall great episode. Maybe not for some of you, and I'm sure there's some people listening, they don't even have a dog because that would have definitely been me last year. But yeah, enjoy this episode with Dr. Nick Thompson. Hi, Nick. Welcome to the podcast. It's so good to have you today. Hey, Vivian. It's lovely to be here. Thank you so much for the invitation. I've just been, looked at some of your your, your the, the interviews that you've done previously, and I don't think you've had a lot of uh, guys on, so I'm very honoured to be in this sacred feminine space. So thank you very much indeed. Or pet, pet information either. So I might oh, have pet information. There, like I'm a, okay. I'm a dog well... lover. Um, I'm get, I recently bought a dog. His name's Norman. He's a little chihuahua, four Amazing. months old. And yeah, just me going into the world of buying a dog again for the first time in years. I'm like, oh my God, this is a whole new world. And I've loved looking into the research and you were one of the top people that I was recommended. Um, I was just like, talk to to Nick, talk to Nick. I was like, okay, who's this guy? And what's he got to say? And I know you're a big advocate of raw feeding, which I've been doing with Norman as well. So I just thought I'd have you on the podcast because I've been sharing a little bit about Norman's holistic journey as well and what yeah. we're doing with him um on my Instagram and people mm-hmm. are like please can you do a podcast episode because we want to know as well and yeah it just doesn't make sense if you're like very holistic and then you're feeding your dog regular food Kibble. and yeah, yeah we, we'll talk about all of the the myths and all of the different things that people should should know about and I mean I just, yeah. 
you 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 were saying that um it's you know it's quite unusual that having um uh somebody talk about dogs but actually i imagine you talk about i haven't looked through your entire 200 or 180 <laughs> episodes but i imagine you talk about the family you talk about stress you talk about relationships an awful lot and and uh, norman is now part of the family mm-hmm. Yep. And the dog within the family is an integral and 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 fantastically important part of the family. And so if you know you and I both work holistically, if you took if you're talking about the dog in isolation and you're not talking about dog as part of a, a a holistic picture of the family and the the relationships, the uh the resonance between the members of the family, I think then you're missing massive opportunities for healing and 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 growth and understanding and learning so uh that's why it's lovely to be here to to talk to a fellow holistic practitioner mm-hmm. yeah i love that perspective and i was also in my research I, it kind of just made sense when i started to think about it more but even the connection with something like gut health and their behavior or their mood and their personality or whether they're anxious or have behavioral mm. issues or not people just think oh it's just my dog there's um, something something's happened to him if he's a rescue and he can't be fixed he can't be trained because um, he's too old now but it, it could mm. be like the same with humans a bacterial imbalance in the gut and improving that should improve the neurotransmitters so even that I was like yeah it makes sense but why have I never put two and two together before I think that's really, really common, actually, that people, you know, people in our world of holistic medicine and naturopathic medicine and what have you, they think about it for themselves. And yet they, as you say, they haven't put two and two together. They still go along, you know, and uh, and, and they get, you know, regular flea and tick products on a regular basis. Nothing wrong with flea and tick, but well, there is, but let's just <laughs> have a broad <laughs> view and just say they do what they say on the tin, um, but they haven't thought of about applying what they've learned to other members of the family the four-legged members of the family especially the dogs you know and cats as well but i deal mainly with dogs these days so um yeah i think that an, an awful lot there is a massive 90 plus percent crossover between what I, we do for ourselves to keep ourselves well and balanced and energetic and vital and what we can do for the dog and do the same thing and so sometimes it's just a, a question of of uh flagging that up and saying hey guys most of what you can do for yourselves you can also do for the dog let's talk about that so this that's why this is a a lovely conversation to have and i will say though from me starting to go back into pet shops or down the pet aisle at the supermarkets and just having a look before i got norman there is a lot of I would read the labels of some of the foods and I'm like salmon oil and like krill oil and glucosamine's been added for if they've got joint issues. But even some people don't even do that. They don't even consider trying some of the herbs and the the amigas when they have health issues. But with the dog, they're like, oh yeah, let's get him all all this stuff. So I feel like some parts of it, people just completely overlook some key things, maybe like feeding, but then other things... They, they know about supplements for dogs, but they would never take one for themselves. I know. it's Or consider it's going grain-free if they've got allergies or digestive issues. People yeah. think, oh, let's change the diet. But still, if you go to a doctor and you tell them that you've got IBS, they're not going to recommend a grain-free diet. No, they're not, unfortunately. I mean, that's, that's a whole... Uh, that's, yeah, a that's whole all my other area. episodes. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Grain free. The whole grain free thing is, yeah, it's massive. Mm. I'm happy to talk about absolutely Mm -hmm. anything you want to go through. 
and I'll, I'll be led by you because you know your audience and 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 their interests. I could talk about this stuff all day. Yeah, if you start me and I do it on a regular <laughs> basis. Yeah, it's called a seminar. We do we do webinars, which is kind of an hour or so. If people would like to do some kind of webinar, they get their their dog group together. We can do webinars, but then we do seminars where I'll go to. I'm going to uh, Helsinki. Uh, at the beginning of September, in the middle of October, I'm going to uh, Riga in Latvia to do some seminars for vets and for uh, the public. And then in uh, at the end of October, we're going over to Istanbul, to Turkey, wow. to do the same. Worldwide. There's a, there's a lot of people who want this new information. And uh, it's really exciting to have these conversations. It's, it's a great day. I, I, I enjoy doing it. Uh, as well because it just gives me free reign to just mm -hmm. you know talk to people and discuss ideas and so it's really exciting I love it it's really... I can tell you're passionate but would you say this is new information or is it kind of just ancient wisdom it's only been around for about 45 million years <laughs> yeah yeah so it's relatively recent you know mm -hmm. And what is it that got you into like veterinary medicine to begin with and then make that shift over to holistic? <laughs> uh, my dad was a doctor and my mother was a nurse. And just from the absolute, oh, and I faint at the sight of human blood. Mm. So if you put those those things together, it's like, I'm not going to be a doctor. Also, I never wanted to stick needles into children. You can imagine having a screaming child who's dehydrated and you have to try and find an IV. And, oh, my goodness. I think the trauma of that, you know, it's traumatic enough doing it with a distressed dog. But um so I thought I'm not going to be I'm not going to be a doctor, but I wanted to learn about medicine because I didn't want anybody else having sovereignty over my body without my understanding. I'm quite happy to not know how a car works and to just hand it over to the garage. I'm quite happy not, not to know how my computer works and hand it over to the to the workshop. But with my body and the body of of my family. I don't want anybody pulling the wool over my eyes whatsoever. So I've been researching vaccination. I've been re researching uh, nutrition. I've been researching medicine, conventional, uh, homeopathic, herbal medicine over the years. And I've just been researching, you know, um, microbiome and just general physiology, how to stay well, how to, how to optimize health and how to how to take the disease state and try and move it into a health state that's that's kind of what i do and yeah i've been doing i've been in veterinary medicine now i started in 86 1986 and so where are we 37 years i've been in veterinary medicine now and and i'm more interested in veterinary medicine now and have been for the last 10 years than i have been in my entire career it's just getting more and more exciting every year every month every uh, uh, every day so i'm excited to to share that uh, information and to learn from people uh with whom i have discussions i think the foundation like it is with humans should be us talking about nutrition and diet to begin with and then we'll get on to all of the other subjects because yeah, I feel like if the food isn't right, then all of these other things that we're going to do aren't even going to be that successful in terms of um, their immune systems, if they're fighting off things like fleas and ticks. So, yeah, tell me a little bit about what we need to know about nutrition for dogs and especially the benefits of raw food. 
Okay, nutrition for dogs is really, really easy. They've been eating, like I suggested earlier, they've been eating whatever they can find for 45 million years. Yeah, they they they, they divided from cats between 65 and 45 million years. So we'll, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt. So 45 million years, they've been canids of some sort. And they've been scavenging for that entire period. And they have evolved to optimize that varied nutrition, varied natural organic uh, nutrition in in the most incredible way. And then in in the 1950s, Ralston Purina came along and said, we've got this stuff called kibble and we can we can put you know give you a bag of this dried stuff it doesn't go off in the summer it does it's not smelly doesn't attract flies and it's really easy for the for the food companies to move around the country because it's very light okay the so the, everybody... the, the, the convenience food came in as well isn't it oh totally well i mean the the, the first one was ken l ration which was what, what was happened after the first world war there were loads of uh, uh horses that that nobody wanted anymore and the car was coming in. So they had all these horses. So what did they do? They stuck them in tins and sold them as Ken L ration uh, as a a tin dog food. And thus the food industry was born. It rarely does the food industry create new product, create new ideas from a nutrition from a health perspective yeah they they had too many horses so they stuck them in tins and it's the profit motive as far as the food manufacturers the food corporations it's a profit driven thing they want the the cheapest ingredients with the biggest markup because of great marketing and what have you and they, they're doing it to this very day yeah we look at the, the the big three corporations they are purina which is nestle there's Royal Cannon, which is Mars, and then there is Hills, which is Colgate Palmolive. Yeah, they just uh-huh. they just didn't realize it was the same companies who like run the human food industry as well. Yeah, money should have known. Money making machines. Yeah. So do do they have at their very core the health of your dog at heart? Okay, and you could say the same for for human beings. I don't believe they do. And I think that you need to feed real food. I don't think there's such a thing as dog food. Yeah, there's food. That's it. Um, And what these corporations are selling you is ultra processed food. Um, and, and, And we can talk about ultra processed food if you like. But essentially, if you go to the doctor, they say you've got to eat more real food, whole food, real food. Uh, plenty of vegetables good quality meat good quality fat if you if you eat such things they don't say you've got to eat more ultra processed food pick up a bag in the waiting room on the way out okay and and so again it's this disconnect you were saying you know healthy people may not feed their dogs healthily it's 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 a disconnect between what's the very best for human beings and what's the very best for dogs um and and 
you know, we all understand what's best for humans, whether we do it or not is another thing, but we have an idea of what's healthy there. But with dogs, it's like, right, okay, well, we've got to give them a tablet every month because that's what they tell us to do. And we've got to put this drop on the back of the neck every month because that's what they tell us to do. And we've got to give them a jab every year because that's what they tell us to do. And we've got to feed them this kibbly stuff because that's the instructions. And I'm afraid that's that's it's, it's really sad that it's all been simplified down to that level because I don't think that it's the healthiest way to be. You and I try and avoid pharmaceuticals and 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 pesticides like they're going out of fashion we 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 will do anything to avoid these things and yet we are encouraged by the by the drug manufacturers by the food manufacturers to to use these dramatically un ecologically inappropriate and physiologically inappropriate foods on, on our dogs so it's it's a really simple it thing that makes I do. sense when when you actually say it in that way it absolutely makes sense it's just if you if you if you believe the messages coming from the corporations you, you'll just carry on you know eating the mcdonald's type or feeding the mcdonald's type foods to your dogs and then wonder why they're, they're sick all the time why they've got grotty ears bad teeth bad gut no energy short longevity um yeah, if you stick with the with the conventional paradigm, then you're going to get sick. And I'm talking about the human world as well as the as the canine world. And that's why it's I had exactly you on today because even though it seems completely off subject, it's not. A lot of these things cross over. It's it's massive crossover, massive crossover, which just makes it so interesting because it means I can I can um, st- uh, steal all the ideas from the from the human world and take them over and use them for education within the within the veterinary world, which is really exciting. Would you say there's a problem with the synthetic nutrients that they add as well to the pet food? Because some of the kibbles, it's like got this added and this added. It's got these herbs and krill oil and all sorts. Of it looks healthier and there's obviously a spectrum as well with like the cheap low cross cost ones and then the organic kibble yeah what's the difference with the um the synthetic nutrients versus what they're getting well, from the, yeah, the raw synthetic food? nutrients there's no absolutely no need for synthetic nutrients you can use you can use real food to get real nutrients boom end of story okay so uh what's the difference between a poor quality kibble yeah down like 15 quid for a bag versus 80 quid for a bag the difference is the difference between cheap cigarettes and expensive cigarettes. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's marketing, it's packaging, it's, you know, flavor, possibly it's, you know, quality of ingredients, possibly, but they're all bad for you. It's just, you know, one is, one is cheap and not very good for you. And one is expensive and not very good for you. If you don't use evolutionary principles to feed your dog you're going to get into problems it's the same with people if you eat ultra processed food yeah you eating i don't know mcdonald's on a regular basis or even just you know ready-made food you know with many many ingredients uh many synthetic uh emulsifiers gums um preservatives additives colorants and these kind of things then your body doesn't really know what to do with those things and your microbiome definitely doesn't know what to do with those things and so you're just confusing the whole system whereas if you give 
if you give meat and bone and organ and some veggies, some green veggies, especially some herbs, some nuts, some seeds, an omega-3 source, krill oil or, or, or flax oil, these kind of things. It's really, really simple. One of the key ingredients, Vivian, doesn't go in the bowl. One of the key ingredients is variety. It's really important. And so ideally you feed your dog, you know, venison, 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 venison for four or five days. And then you go, right, then we're going to feed rabbit for four or five days. Then we're going to feed beef for four or five days. Then we're going to feed lamb for four or five days. And then we'll come back to the beginning of the cycle, maybe fish for four or five days. You know, variety really, really is key. There are no straight lines in nature, as they say. Okay, so uh, uh, that that would be, I'm quite happy to to, to talk to you more about that side of things in fact even easier for, for for your viewers and listeners i've done a video you can find it on my website the website is holisticvet.co.uk and the uh the video is called raw food uh the basics okay can't get simpler than that and i've done another one's bones and how to feed them just two videos that you, you'll find them on the website and that should be a very simple, it's a 90, 100 minute overview, 10 short, 10 minute lessons. Therefore, it's bite sized so that you don't feel overwhelmed by the whole thing. But that's a, a really simple way to get onto the first rung of that natural nutrition um, ladder, if you like. Raw feeding is really, really simple. There are companies who've done the hard work for you. You just give them a ring and they will send you, you know, a box. They'll send you overnight box of food. You put it in the freezer, defrost and feed the dog. So that 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 idea that, oh, I like to feed kibble because it's really convenient. I like to feed tins because it's really convenient. What's inconvenient about going to the freezer, taking out a pack of food, and then you've got you can feed the dog a couple of hours later. So it's convenient, it's easy, it's fresh, it it's it it does it's not considered an ultra processed food. Um dogs love it, dogs get healthy on it. If you've got a dog, I'm rambling here. Tell me if no, you want good. to jump in. It's answering a lot um, of my questions, so keep going. Amazing. Okay. So if you've got a dog who seems pretty healthy, right? They're a six-year-old chihuahua okay and you know they're, they're peeing and pooing and eating and drinking and everything seems to be okay you take them from the kibble and you take them onto raw food suddenly you've got a different dog the nose is 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 is, is wetter and colder the teeth improve the eyes less gunk coming out the ears less gunk maybe less itch quality of the coat improves more silky more less smell bowels improve uh poos improve much more pick upable yeah this is the, the 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 perfect poo perfect dog poo is a poo that you can pick up with two fingers yeah obviously with a glove or a bag on your hand do do like that oh yeah the raw food poos are completely different aren't they they're amazing absolutely it's like a, it's like a sausage yeah a sausage just comes off to the, uh, off the barbecue you can pick it up pick it up with two fingers that is I, i've got a i've got a poo score and that is that is a 10 up at the top down at the bottom is mulligatawny brown liquid soup okay that's a zero and 
halfway is kind of chocolate blancmange. Now, you may think it's a little bit sick to have a poo score, but actually I have these conversations. I do this with my clients, the Bristol stool chart. Yeah, but is is that a seven-point chart? Because there was the yeah. Bristol stool chart. It's not chart. as detailed yeah. as yours. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I don't think, you know, we've got 10 fingers. Why not have a 10-point mm. scale? You know, we've got a decimal scale for, for, our, for our money and we, for our counting and everything else. Why not have a 10-point scale? Because then you've got 100%, you've got 50%, you've mm-hmm. got 0%. So there you go. I like a 10-point scale because I like it really, really simple so that I can then have a conversation with somebody and say, how were the poos last week? Oh, they were fives. How are the poos this week? Oh, they're eights. And immediately you can see that 30% improvement without going, oh, well, they were a little bit Mr. Whippy and that, you know what, now they're a bit like a solid Mr. Whippy. Mm-hmm. So there you go. You can have that one for nothing. It's the, the t- Thompson stool score. 10 points up the top is is a nicely cooked sausage at the bottom is mulligatawny soup and in the middle you've got chocolate blancmange and apologies to anyone eating their dinner well if anybody's having this dinner i apologize but you will thank me on bended knee for being able to discuss these things with sausages with chocolate mousse for dessert yeah delish (laughs) so yeah a few questions within that um you mentioned before the importance of variety so that's like number one most important thing yeah and then you said the importance of having some like offal or organ meats bone uh, vegetable like what is that breakdown because i know that's also spoken about quite a lot okay so what we would normally do uh and and i go through it in the video but i'll just give it to you now so that so that everybody's got it so most of the bowl is going to be meat i.e muscle meat meat and bone and organ okay so that's going to be about 80 to 90 percent of the bowl in my head i've got i can see the bowl in front of me it's a stainless steel bowl and most of it it, you know like in a pie chart most of it is contains those three elements with the the ratios of those three elements is very easy the place to start is 80 10 10 80 percent meat yeah muscle meat 10 percent bony material which is finely ground within the mince unlike marks and spencer's mints okay mm-hmm. so that's why you shouldn't get your, your your mints from the supermarket you should get it from a reputable um uh, raw food producer but coming back 80 percent meat 10 percent bone ground into the mints and 10 percent uh organ meat and that's half liver and half kidney or heart or other other organ meats okay so um that's most of the bowl and the rest will be blended green vegetables yeah so you've got this chopped up smoothie like uh 10 to 15 percent there okay into that into the blender you'll put nuts herbs and seeds nhs it's easy to remember nhs nuts herbs and seeds and then you'll add an omega-3 source. The best source is from is a marine. So that would be one month you do krill, one month you would do, say, uh, wild salmon, not farmed salmon. And the, the, the next month you would do, say, pollock or anchovy or herring or something like that, because they've all got their superpowers. These amazing fish oils are so so important they're good for your skin they're good for your joints they're good for your hormones yeah you you know all about these things Mm -hmm. because the hormones and um and thus you do and within that you have variety your 80 10 10 is same thing for uh 
five, seven days, and then you change to another species. Uh, your veggies may might be the same five days, and then you then you change it. It's still greens. Your NHS, you 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 change those. Your nuts, herbs, and seeds, you change those. I'm getting really excited about fermented vegetables. So those green vegetables, you can also use fermented. Um, fermented cabbages and fermented veg vegetables of any sort really um because you know the lactobacilli and and the acid forming uh bacteria are we we are learning more and more are really really important so you can you can experiment with these things but giving sauerkraut kimchi and things like this to the dog is really really big and i would say for norman i would be uh, i would be thinking about getting those kind of things into into the mix and they don't have to be prepared in a specific way do they chuck them in the blender make okay. a make a smoothie mix mm -hmm. it with the mint with the mincy material and yeah. off you go yeah one of my favorite ways to support detox are castor oil packs they are an old school naturopathic remedy which can gently help to open up detox pathways and process toxins like mold and environmental pollutants that many of us are exposed to Signs of sluggish detox pathways or a high toxic load include headaches, bad breath, puffiness, histamine reactions, skin breakouts, and more. You could always try and make your own castor oil pack like I tried to for some years, but more recently, other amazing practitioners have created really convenient kits that just make the process way easier. They come with a tie-around pack that you can put over your liver, which is under the right rib, also support more premenstrual issues like pelvic pain. You can tie the pack around your lower abdomen instead, so they're pretty versatile. My top recommendations are the Casta Vida pack on Amrita Nutrition if you're in the UK or Europe. Whereas if you're in the US, there's the Queen of Thrones pack by Dr. Marisol. Both of these are linked in my Instagram bio and in this podcast show notes. If you want to learn more about the benefits and the science, I actually interviewed Dr. Marisol, so you can check that out on episode 133 of the Hormones in Harmony podcast, and I really hope you love them as much as I do, but let's get back into the episode. And you said before that there's some companies who make it really easy, deliver it. Yeah. I've been using Honeys, um, honeys so like no honeys affiliation or anything with this, uh, but am I right that they just do the, the meat, the bone and the awful mix? They don't yeah. do like the, the nuts and the seeds or the additional salmon oils or anything, do they? Yeah. All these companies do two main offerings. Number one is they'll do an 80-10-10 type, yeah, i.e. just the, the meaty material. And on the other side, they will do the meaty material with seaweed, with mm, NHS with vegetables and what have you. Okay, so you can either buy a complete. This one's called a complete, yeah, because it's got everything there, or you can buy the 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 basics, the foundation to which you add NHS mm. and greens and and uh, fermented uh, veggies and omega three. So th this is it. It's just you know off the uh, no this one off the shelf, this one DIY. Yeah. Are there any no. other companies that you recommend? There are um, loads of those have, companies. Listeners in the US as well. Do you know any brands listeners over there? In the US, yeah. In the US, small batch uh, are are highly recommended. Um, in the US, who else? Uh, are off the top of my head, I can't remember. But if you email me, yeah, yeah. I, I'll yeah, get we'll you some recommendations in in the states. 
the people to 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 look at is um pets naturally they're a great company and they will be able to advise you on 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 companies there's also in the states a wonderful woman called susan thixton t-h-i-x-t-o-n susan thixton uh it's her site is the truth about pet food i think and she has her top 30 recommended food producers because her her dog was damaged by kibble many years ago and she is a warrior for transparency for appropriate regulation of foods in the states and she forensically examines all of these companies and so in the states you're lucky enough to have the wonderful susan thixton uh to do the hard work for you see anything to do with the i've not watched it yet there's a documentary can't remember what it's called but that's about pet pet fooled something like that yeah yeah it's called pet fooled it's definitely worth having a look at if anybody's interested have a look at pet fooled there are one or two uh on netflix that one it is on netflix Mm. Yeah, pet food, not pet pet food, mm-hmm. but with an yeah. L. I thought it was a it was a good one like that. So yeah, I think that's it. And what yeah. about in the UK? Any other brands that you recommend other than Honeys? Brands in the UK, I've I've worked with them all more or less, but uh, I would say just you know just off the top of my head, I work with Pro Dog at the moment, so vested in interest. But I love love them; they're really good. Pro Dog Raw are great. Honeys, who you've mentioned, are really good. Honeys, real pet food. Also, we we really like the farmer's dog. This is Andy Gray down in Crediton. He does a lot of regenerative uh, farming, and so we've got some really uh, uh, fabulous uh, product there. Um, Paleo Ridge, most of their range is organic, and um, they are a really great company to deal with. Um, I think as more are and more in, in like my Sainsbury's house, the Paleo Ridge stuff now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This this is it. And if you look in Asda, you can now get Benefit Natural, B-E-N-Y-F-I-T, Benefit Natural. They're in there. They're a good bunch. Um, You've also got uh, Natural Instinct. They're very nice. Uh, You've got Nutriment. They're very nice. Uh, You've got Naked Dog. They're very nice. Basically, I'm going to get lynched for all the people (laughs) who who I forgot to mention. There's going to be one or two you forgot. There's 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 about twenty mm. of who are uh, reputable, very you know they they're really diligent, they really care, you know. Unlike the corporations, they are these companies that I've just mentioned. They are in it for the dogs. Okay, they're going to make a profit, obviously, in order to make the whole thing work. But I can absolutely tell you, they you know most of them were started because they tried their dogs on raw and they saw the difference and now they are you know singing from the from the pulpit like how so, a lot of us practitioners get started in the nutrition world like chronically ill no answers no hope from the conventional route so yeah. we have to heal ourselves and find this information and then we can't keep our mouth shut we want to <laughs> help everyone it's exactly the same Vivian, it's exactly the same. Yeah, 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 yeah. We are, we're, 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 we're uh, traveling the same journey here without a doubt. So people can't complain that they don't know where to start. Like we've just given you tons of companies to just contact, even Honeys, the customer service team. That's kind of what made me go with them because they're so helpful that like, even if you don't buy from us, 
we'll give you advice, like as many questions as you want to ask before purchasing. So it's like, right, I, I trust you. And if anything's ever wrong or I'm not sure about anything, they'll happily answer that. So I can just tell um, these small companies actually care, like you said. Yeah, very much so. Are there any other issues with people homemaking the dog food? Or uh, in some cases, is it is it recommended that they make it from scratch? In the first video, uh, um, Raw Feeding the Basics, I recommend that you allow a company to provide you with the complete for the first few months. And then when, when you find your feet and you, you feel a bit more uh, comfortable, then you can do it yourself. Yeah, okay. It's a bit like driving a car. You don't just jump in a car and race down the motorway. You, you have a driving instructor, then you have... Um, and you have L plates and then you have a P plate and then, you know, eventually you get onto the motorway. Exactly the same thing. You know, it's 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 find your feet, talk to people, do your reading. Uh, if the videos are useful, then then, you know, you're welcome to look to, to look at those as well. Um, it's it's a it's a whole new world. You're taking the responsibility yourself, which is fine. You know, you feed yourself, you feed your family, you feed, you know, everybody. And it's not difficult. It's, it, it's like why it's, are people so concerned with especially with raw food like make sure you get the right calcium to phosphorus balance i'm like do you ever think of that for your own children or your yourself yeah. do you even know what phosphorus is <laughs> yeah or i think you if you if you follow the basics and we've just described them yeah most of the bowl is 80 10 10 and then the rest of the bowl is, is the green veggies plus some NHS plus some omega-3. That's you, okay? You just make a variety within those simple, simple ingredients. And, the, you know, your dog is going to think it's their birthday every single day, I <laughs> promise you. And I'm not going to ask too many more questions on diets. I want people to go watch the video. I'm guessing okay. you cover the transition phase and how to incorporate it. Is that within the videos? Uh, yes, we do. Transitions are very easy. I'll give you. I'll give you the. I'll give the game away right now. <laughs> there's there's three major ways of doing a transition. The first is just cold turkey. On a Monday, you feed whatever you've been feeding, and on Tuesday, and for the rest of the dog's life, you feed the new food. And most dogs, eighty percent of dogs, can do that. Most owners <laughs> have a problem with it, but the dog is fine with that. Okay. So if you if you want to just take it easy a little bit, you can do the four day transition. So on the first day, you do a quarter raw, three quarters of the old food, and then you do half and half, and then you do three quarters raw, and then you, on the fourth day, you, you're, you're there. That's the second method. And then the third method is just a stretched out four-day method. You know, you take you take a week or you take 10 days if, if you're trying, trying to wean down on, on some food or you just bought a bag of, of kibble or something like that. So transition is is very easy if in doubt talk to your food company talk to your raw store don't forget there are independent raw stores now i'm pleased to say in most towns up and down the country and these people are very uh very knowledgeable again they started their stores because they saw what happened when they put their dogs on almost invariably yeah so these are these are people who are really passionate about about raw food so Talk, talk to uh, talk to your company, talk to your raw store or talk to if you've got a vet locally who does raw food. Yeah, uh, there aren't many of us around, but there are we are around. If you have a look on the, the Raw Feeding Veterinary Society website, RFVS 
rawfeedingveterinary.info rfvs.info that's raw feeding veterinary society.info you've got to find a vet page yeah and there's there's vets in the states and there's vets in the uk and europe who are who are passionate about raw food and they'll help you they'll help you with these things what about the subject which is probably one of the biggest things that comes up of parasites and bacteria i have many episodes on that for human health but yeah. yeah, when when I mention that to pretty much anyone, they're like, "Oh, it's," they get very squeamish. Yeah. And my sister in law's a vet nurse, and she was yeah. warning me um, about the dangers of parasites. She's seen like the worst case scenarios where people have done it absolutely terribly. They're using beef mints from ASDA to feed yeah. their dogs. Um, so yeah, what about the yeah? What's the issue if if at all? Do we need to be concerned at all with parasites? Okay, so you've got two things. You've got parasites and you've got bacteria. So the first one is parasites. They are all wiped out by freezing. Yeah, so if it's in the freezer at minus 18 for more than a week, yeah, it's actually two days, but we'll call it a week just so that people don't whip the, the food out mm-hmm. of the freezer before it's ready. Okay. What about so, the eggs with the freezing process and then it being No defrosted? eggs. There's no parasites okay. in eggs. Yeah, okay. so eggs, great. Ours have a fresh edge. No, We've I mean got- the eggs of the parasite. Like they oh, the eggs eggs. Do they survive the freezing? The crystals, process? the ice crystals, uh, come in and they they, they 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 uh, destroy uh, all parasites and parasite eggs okay, are cool. killed by the freezing process, which is why you don't want to get mints from mm. from Marks and Spencers or Asda or wherever, and then give it to the dog. It is the first thing that you think about when you're doing it, but this is why just a tiny bit of research will will pay dividends. Yeah? Everything's got to go in the freezer. So if you buy chicken wings, they've got to go in the freezer for a week before they go into the dog. If you buy anything, it just has to go in the freezer for a week. That's it. It's very, very simple. I even heard as- they get tested at the abattoir as well, the meat. Oh, it's all very, very yeah. carefully. And and if you get it, uh, 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 your raw food from one of the uh, reputable manufacturers, they have squeaky clean premises, mm. and they they will batch test every mm. every batch that goes through for probably even someone, even someone else. lower risk than human meat. It's like with the whole milk and raw milk. A lot of the yeah. raw milk factory farm that the farms are way more sanitary than the conventional yeah. ones. Yeah, 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 very much so. Because the raw food manufacturer knows that that food is going to go raw into the dog, whereas if if you're if you're a, a, a supermarket, you can you can you can cope with seven percent of your chickens having salmonella because they're all going to get cooked, guaranteed. Okay, so that's the difference between the two. So bacteria, the thing there is low levels of bacteria in raw food but i think that's actually a good thing because it has a probiotic Mm. effect uh, on the canine gut which has been facing these bacteria for 45 million years that's what we've got to remember okay they have got a very constructive relationship with these bacteria we humans are a little bit we're not very good at coping with bacteria you know we invented fire whatever 1550 thousand years ago and so we're we're not very good at defending ourselves from uh from from uh contamination but if you think of it a a dog a dingo a wolf will eat a carcass that's been lying in the sun for four days Mm -hmm. 
without any ill effect okay so just uh having some really good quality uh meat from a good producer it's it's absolutely yeah. nothing to them very, very also you've got to you've got to think of the context the context is your dog goes to the park walks in poo and pee and <laughs> vomit and god knows what they come home and lick their feet okay uh when your dog in the park meets their friends they stick their nose up their butt their friend's bum okay this is the context of the canine world it's a dirty world they will lick themselves clean whereas you and i have a shower and it all goes down the drain so it's a completely different context and having taken tens of thousands of dogs onto raw food i can categorically state that that the bacteria do not cause a problem uh and parasites again trees that's not a problem either so these are the things the things that that, that really people get very uh worried about and vets get very worried about and the the world small animal veterinary association actually produced a paper saying benefit bugs balance and bones okay these are the these are the key areas they say there's no benefit but i can give you a, a dozen or more papers demonstrating the benefit of raw food benefit bugs bugs we've just discussed bugs uh, it's just a non-issue balance they say oh all raw food is unbalanced they then go home and eat an unbalanced meal humans do not eat balanced balanced meals they eat a balanced diet but each meal by definition is not balanced okay it's just whatever you you have choose to eat that day yeah even if you're a nutritionist even if you know the calcium phosphorus ratio you don't know the selenium you don't know the magnesium you don't know yeah it's because it's impossible to Mm. know these things overthinking it so much this is it. And if you know it on a chart, does that chart actually correlate with the this spring lamb that happens to be, uh, you know, uh, that you're 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 choosing to eat that day? So I think there's a lot in nutrition. There's a lot of guesswork in nutrition. You wouldn't um, you wouldn't believe it if you look at it, looked at the literature. But actually, I think there is a lot of guesswork. And the way to prevent excess and deficiency is variety you feed fresh you feed the best possible provenance of food possible and you feed variety and then the dog takes care of themselves as they have been for millennia so where do they get worms from and how do we get rid of them where do they get worms they get worms worms from from the environment if you Mm. think of it that uh, uh, kibble fed these these are dogs eating sterilized food yeah the uh, kibble is sterilized tins are sterilized and yet those dogs can get worms okay the truth of the matter is that the the incidence of worms in adult dogs is really quite low even if they have no pharmaceuticals whatsoever how do i know this the answer is for 20 years, I've been doing fecal egg counts, yeah, where you send a poo sample off to the laboratory and you look for evidence of, of worms. And 19 out of 20 dogs have no worms whatsoever. If we do find worms, we can use, I use, I work with a company called Vermex, and they, they've got a lovely uh, product. And uh, there's also diatomaceous earth, which we can use, which worms absolutely hate. But if your gut is in great shape and if your microbiome is in great shape, it's a lot less attractive for uh, for parasites within that gut. The, the current 
paradigm is to routinely worm your dog on a regular basis now with with puppies we often do but from about three to six months you can review that but with the adult dog i think that it is much more appropriate to do a test to see whether you've got whether the dog's got worms or not before you start using a pharmaceutical because the pharmaceuticals will always upset the microbiome and we know that the healthier your microbiome the better your immune system the better your 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 metabolic function and what have you so that's really important i would i would i would think against the idea of routine dosing with worm and uh, 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 and flea treatment mm. come to that mm-hmm. people say oh i must use it because otherwise the dog will get fleas well you can see whether the dog's got fleas and if you haven't got fleas why would you use a mm-hmm. flea product you know if you haven't got a he- headache would you take an anodin you know it's like taking an anodin every morning just in case just in case you get a headache <laughs> which is madness obviously it's madness and yet this is the, the the mentality that we've been led into by the by the uh the worm and flea manufacturers you know you've got to use our product otherwise you might get fleas <gasps> you know and in a lot of ways it's actually making them worse it's like with antibiotics if we did them preventatively for certain things it's just making our immune system lower so then we are actually more vulnerable to yeah. them yeah, that's absolutely right. And also, you know, antelmintics, which is a posh way of saying uh, um, uh, drugs against worms, the increase in resistance mm. to, to these is absolutely terrifying, second only to resistance of, of bacteria to the overuse of antibiotics. Yeah, is so it- I think we owe it to our dogs and and our planet to minimize the use of antibiotics to minimize the use of of uh worm products as well is it similar as well with like in humans if someone's eating low protein if they're vegetarian vegan they get low stomach acid so then they are more susceptible is it the same with animals if they're eating kibble do they develop low stomach acid and therefore low protection uh when when you say low does that mean low ph or just yeah. uh, uh e- uh, I mean, like low, like weak, weak stomach acid. Yeah, yeah. weak stomach. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Yes, if uh, protein uh, uh, d- stimulates pepsin, pepsinogen, which stimulates uh, the stomach acid. So, if you feed your dog uh, protein, yeah, meat, muscle, organ, meat, you get very low. It 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 automatically drops, really drops the pH, which is then uh, protective against um, bad bacteria. Uh, uh, helps to really begin that digestive process whereas if you're feeding a kibble there's less there is a minimum of pro of of protein you know the 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 official is only 18 percent okay whereas when you're when you're feeding meat that it will be 30 40 percent protein because it's mainly water yeah so you're feeding possibly twice as much protein which means you you have that real real uh, uh, reduction in the pH, increasing the acidity of the stomach, which starts a very very positive and very healthy digestive process. And what if the dog did have fleas? Do they That's also a- need? Should is it worth doing any like natural natural things in? Is it like a flea season that it's a higher risk? Yeah. Okay. So 
a, a lot of people say, well, my, I live in a, a ticky area or I might, I've got a cat and therefore the dog gets fle gets fleas at least once a year. And for those, like, like I say, I'm working with these guys. Uh, Vermex, can you see mm -hmm. that? Yeah. Vermex, flea, flea and tick. Mm -hmm. This is, it's a, it's a herbal preparation that you put in the food that makes the dog less attractive to fleas. Okay. So this is really good. So when the, would you do that? Every day? You would do that every day during the, the, the flea season. So you do go from, from say Easter to October ish, mm. you know, uh, or if you know that you're only going to have an exposure during a short period, you could use it for for a shorter period. Okay. Would that get rid of an infection if it had them, or is it more preventive? It depends. It depends how much how much fleas. Okay. For every one flea that you get on the dog, you've got twenty in the environment. Mm. Okay. So yeah, but there are worse things than fleas using these pesticides. I think, but it's a question of balance. Okay. If you've got a really terrible. Um, infestation with fleas you're going to have to break out the pharmaceuticals i'm afraid so the thing to do is to try and avoid getting them in the first place so we're using things like the, these herbal powders do, do, do. you mm -hmm. read that yeah or my wife ellie makes insect defense spray dermadog yeah which is really really nice that's a topical it, and this is topical. You yeah. spray, spray it on the dog. Smells really fantastic, and the dog is less attractive to fleas and ticks. And I would say that so it's a combination. There are other, there are other herb things that you can use. There are other sprays that you can use. But that combination we find is really, really very useful indeed. Yeah, Amazing. very much so. And then yeah, I had some uh, questions on my Instagram. I did a little poll for my audience uh -huh. and they were asking um, about favorite supplements for certain conditions. So I'll okay. pick like the main ones that people struggle with or people's animals struggle with. Um, yeah. Joint issues to begin. Joint issues, yeah. What um, would you be thinking? Yeah, there's, there, there, uh, there are three things that are guaranteed in this world. Death, taxes, and <laughs> old age arthritis. Hmm. Okay. So we're all going to get it, and the t it's time to start thinking about it. Is is you know in in your early life, okay? Because it's inevitable. It, it, it's just going to happen to us all. Prevention if you're looking... again. Sorry. Prevention. Prevention is better yeah. than cure. What we use this is a sardine oil. Mm -hmm. Nutricolt by Nutrivet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, and if people can't get hold of it, just drop me an email, Nick Thompson at holisticvet.co.uk for all of these things. You, you, you might be able to get them online. Um, the other thing is by the same company. This is a chondroitin glucosamine product. Nutriquin Plus. But it also contains boswellia, which is frankincense, mm. which is a really beautiful anti-inflammatory. So I love that product. I really do. And the other one, which is a, uh, a secret. I'm I'm out of focus. Oh, there you go. That's better. Um, this is really interesting. This is a if you see them, yeah, antinol. 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 Yeah. Funny name, but it basically it's an extract of fish oil. Oh, cool. And it kind of it kind of turbocharges. So you've got sardine oil going in there, and you can turbocharge it with the antinol. And can you do too many amigas? Can that throw off the like fatty acid ratio? You yeah, but you you 
it's unlikely. Yeah, it's unlikely because you know most most of us wander around with fatty acids, uh, omega six to omega three ratio of twenty to one. Okay, so you've got to really go some mm. to to give too many omega threes. You can if you really went to town, but I think within you know if you, you follow the instructions these things have got instructions on them so you you'd see it depends on the weight weight of the dog and you just dose according to weight it's okay. simple as that really cool the next condition which i think norman is struggling with i thought he and i just i just add okay. just you know the arthritis one of the most okay you can use these things however the most important thing is to to reduce weight so that the dog <laughs> is at the appropriate weight for its age and yeah, breed and what have you and a raw food diet mm. okay i i wouldn't i would advise i would use these but i would first have the conversation to say you know can you expect the joints to be in the best shape if you're feeding a high carb ultra processed kibbled diet you know it's like trying to go to the olympics eating bananas and water it's just not going to happen, you know, or Mars bars just on eating Mars bars. That's it. Yeah. Do they have energy? Yes, they do. Do they have carbohydrate? Yes, they do. Uh, are you going to go to the Olympics basing your training on Mars bars? I'm afraid not. <laughs> and the, the raw food diet automatically is grain free as well, isn't it? It's automatically grain free. Yeah. yeah. Dogs have zero requirement for grain. And that is that is something that people something people go to when they develop joint issues or it's recommended so you might as well just go the extra step after that and go raw for many more benefits why wait to get sick to Mm. do to 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 improve your health yeah and you know it's we can make a decision whether we want to improve our 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 diet and what have you but you've got to feed the dog something so you might as well feed something really really great and really evolutionarily appropriate is my take on it you know why wait to get sick yeah agreed totally so allergies i think norman is struggling with a grass allergy because he came allergy. from the the breeder and he was itching i thought he had fleas i was sleep deprived because he was crying in the night and i just like went insane and thought he had fleas and was like yeah. washing everything a million times yeah <laughs> but it, he's still itching he doesn't have fleas so i'm thinking it's a grass allergy how old is he four months He's four months old. Okay, so he could have a grass allergy. They usually hit them a little bit later, but that that is a possibility. There are three... They can also be naturally like itchy when the when the puppies when they're young. When they're young, yes, it's like um cradle cap. Yeah, they, mm. because uh, uh, various reasons, but but yes, a, a puppy is tends to be a little more scratchy than the equivalent sized. Uh, no, equivalent age, say a year later, perhaps. Yeah. He's also like sneezing and his eyes get a little bit like wet underneath. It's been a really bad year. This is 2023. Uh, mm. It's been a really bad year for pollen. Yeah. Cause it goes, it gets hot and then wet and then hot and then wet. And the trees are going, yay. And grass is going, yay. And it's loads of pollen around. It's been a really, really bad year. Right. So um, the, uh, let me just give you one minute on why dogs get itchy. Okay, yeah. so the three main reasons dogs get itchy. Number one is parasites, fleas and mange. Okay. Mm. Number two, and you can find those and eliminate them, uh, hopefully without a pharmaceutical, but you can eliminate those. So that's number one. Number two is allergies. And number three is infection. Number two, so allergies. Allergies, they're actually sensitivities, but everybody knows them as allergies. Three main types of allergies, indoor allergens, 
house dust, house dust mite, outdoor allergens, tree pollen, grass pollen, and food. Okay, so yeah, these are the sensitivities, three sensitivities. If your skin is uh, itchy, red, and hot because you've either got parasites or you've got sensitivities, you will be predisposed to infection. And in section three, the parasites, the infection, there are three main, this is all the threes. It's really good. Mm -hmm. So three main infection. Number one is yeast. These are the, the, the slightly grayish, um, cheesy smelling yeasty uh, um, infections. There are, there are staphylococcal, there are bacterial infections, mainly staphylococci, which are kind of collarettes or a, a, a scurf throughout the the, uh, the skin that you can't get rid of and number three is fungus yeah things like uh, ringworm okay so yeast bacteria and fungi those those are the infections but they only come along because something mm. else is going wrong and it's usually allergies yeah indoor outdoor and food allergies so how do you find out just trial and error when the dog is a year old, you can do a right. blood test to find out what this, those sensitivities are. Food-wise, you can just put them onto uh, put them onto one protein. Make sure that the treats are the same as the headline protein. You put them onto that and see what if that changes the itch. Yeah, because he may be chicken intolerant. Yeah, I example. heard that. That was something yeah. that I never heard before. Wheat, beef, and chicken are mm. the three most common allergens because they're the most commonly fed, fed yeah. proteins yeah mm -hmm. so, so wheat beef and chicken so I, if, if if he was mine i would immediately take him off any mm. wheat beef and chicken okay and i would use something a little bit more unusual so talk to talk to your supplier mm. about maybe some venison or some duck or uh some 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 goats wow. or, pork or something like that instead okay and you just do blocks to do food trials because if he got a lot more itchy when he went on to chicken aha yeah. chicken. i think it does contribute but i think there's something else as well i think it's pollen and chicken it might well be uh, might well be better and until... a little bit of regular puppy itching as well but yeah it's not too bad but yes. i'm like a concerned mum <laughs> so therefore so we would have to just do, make an assumption there you can get homeopathic remedies that will help with uh pollen allergies mm. yeah just mm -hmm. as we use homeopathics for hay fever uh we can do we can do the same and i'm having a lot of success this year with dogs who ha have a problem with this avalanche of pollen that we're having this year and so we're using the homeopathics and they're, 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 they're more useful this year than i've seen ever before uh which is which is brilliant i'm really pleased would there be any additional supplements for allergies for allergies well so number one is is uh go raw mm -hmm. number two make sure you're getting your omega-3s yeah uh, because omega-3s are anti-inflammatory and even conventional dermatologists love omega-3s okay so that's really really important uh the other supplement that i would suggest is really useful we use a human product oh yeah solgar yeah. can you read that yeah i've got a shine on it from here but it might be yeah. more clear quercetin complex. yeah so we we use we use quercetin that's the one i've i've, I've Do got you a, open uh, up the capsule and sprinkle it into the food and so what's the size of the dog so 
And so also, some dogs don't like capsules, and therefore you have to kind of sprinkle it in. That's fine. Uh, some dogs will take it. You know, you just put it in a bit of meat, and they'll they'll just take it straight off. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, but it, you just you can uh, uh, give with food. That's not a problem. The other product that we use, as well as a raw food diet, plenty of omega threes. Not too many pharmaceuticals, which is applies to every, every every conversation I have. They those elements are in it. Just as yeah, like do product. those things, then come back to me. <laughs> oh no, yeah, not necessarily. But I mean, you, people usually want to get cracking, so I'll say, right, these this is this is a suite of things we're going to do. It's not just that we're going to add to the offering. We're also going to remove some stuff that's going into your dog on a regular basis. Yeah, there's yeah? no point trying to like lower inflammation if you're just causing inflammation every day. Yeah, and if you're if you're if you're actively putting a pesticide on your dog every month, and you then wonder why they're not getting well mm. or why they go off color for three days every month, you know, it, it's that's that's the kind of thing. It's 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 pretty basic once you look at it. This is a really lovely product that we've got. Yeah. It's called Skinnies, and we we get we ship in this in by the by the crate load from the states it's really really lovely we're just about to start the shop actually it's uh, it's called holistic vet it's the holistic... it might be on by the time this goes live so I'll be, it might well be on by the time this products. goes live yeah um and you'll be able to get you'll be able to get all of these goodies what about the homeopathics does that need like a consultation homeopathics if you if you know what you want you can go straight to your homeopathic okay. pharmacy i use helios mm. uh homeopathic pharmacy i use freeman's homeopathic pharmacy in glasgow because i know the the boss there we did training together many years ago um but in london you've got ainsworth's but you know what it's it's you it's going to be posted to you whether you live in kensington or nottingham it's you know it's it's it doesn't matter where you get them mm -hmm. so Helios, Ainsworths, Freemans—they're all great. They're, you ring them up, say say yeah. say what you need. Yeah. Um, we can supply. We can't prescribe mm. homeopathics, but if you say, "Please, going to have this, this, and this," we can make those up and send those out to you. And great. that's that's really great. If people want some more guidance with their homeopathics, then I'm really happy to consult. You know, my dog does this and this and this. Uh, can homeopathics help? Yeah, we can have that conversation. If people are looking for a really good book, have I got it handy? Hang on. And you work 100% online? Or you see, you, like, do uh, people need to bring their pets in for the first appointment or anything? Mostly online. If it needs to be seen, I see them because everybody has a primary vet. And I can be in communication with the primary vet. And if we need blood tests, I can ask them to do the, the, the blood tests and things. Um, but yeah, anything's possible. Uh, we can we can do these things now. Right. So I was going to say, uh, I've, I've got the book somewhere. It's just I can't see it. Hang on. <laughs> I say I love your little apothecary behind you. Yeah, there's lots, lots behind me here. Um, so the book that I would suggest people get if they if they're interested in in um, uh, homeopathics for cats and dogs, it's it's by a guy called friend of mine called Don Hamilton, as in Donald, Don Hamilton, and it's called Homeopathic Care for Cats and Dogs. Cool. Yeah, nice. I got really into homeo homeopathy um, the past couple of years because my friend's studying. I used uh, it, cleared up a wisdom tooth infection like that. So I'm like, awesome. right, I am, I am hooked. <laughs> and I use it for all sorts yeah. now. So That's yeah, cool. little Norman's going to be on it eventually. 
Yeah, um, great, great. I have a couple Maybe. more questions if you have another five, ten minutes. Got another five minutes, five, yeah. Yeah. So I asked you before the call, you said save it so we can share the answer with everyone. In yeah. terms of insurance, yeah. um, when I've been looking, um, it's mainly like if your dog has reoccurring ear infections or diabetes and joint issues, like you need this high level of cover that's like £50 a month. And then I've seen options where it's accident only. And yeah. if I am going to be spending money on supplements and giving him raw food, do I need that comprehensive cover or is accident cover only enough? Okay. It's impossible to tell what's going to happen down the road. So mm. uh, it, 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 you can't say. However, my experience is that the raw fed dog is much healthier and less prone to chronic disease, chronic disease being long lasting disease. So, if you've got a dog and you're doing a lot of work at home with food and supplements and what have you, you may not need a cover uh, from whichever company you choose to go with that that is kind of specializing more in we will cover your dog for long term disease. OK, what you definitely do need is cover for broken legs or a third party uh, uh, cover and things like that. So but it's chance. Mm. it's how risk averse mm. are you some people say oh i just want you know the very best every time the other way of doing it is that you just get basic cover with your insurance insurance company and you put a few quid into the bank every month in the hope that you're never going to have to yeah. use it do you have any recommendations for companies or can i can't do that as no. a vet i can't do yeah. that okay i do yeah <laughs> Can't share them with you. Okay, no problem. And then um, last question I got quite a lot was about the vaccinations for dogs. Um, <laughs> does this fall into the category of like the the flea treatments, the dewormers? Do we test beforehand? Yeah. Okay. So it's basically an hour's discussion. But very briefly, uh, if you vaccinate, you may get problems. If you don't vaccinate you may get problems. That's where you start the conversation. The second thing is to say that you you are not obliged to vaccinate your dog. It depends how risk averse after having a, you know, a proper discussion with your vet and finding out the pros and the cons of the vaccine, pros and the cons of the diseases, then you can make a decision because otherwise all you're doing is you're going along because you feel obliged and mm. you're getting a jab because you feel obliged and you go home and cross your fingers okay so i would say it's it's worth finding a holistic vet and i'm not the only one in the country and having the discussion what are the pros what are the cons is there a halfway house with my dogs we gave a single parvo vaccine at about 20 weeks okay that was my decision there because i believe that distemper is pretty rare in the uk and hepatitis is very rare in the uk and leptospirosis i don't like the safety record personally other vets will say otherwise of the leptospirosis vaccine there's a group, there's a Facebook group called um, uh, Nobivac Lepto 4, Our Experiences. Mm. Okay, Nobivac Lepto 4, Our Experiences. And if you want the counter narrative to the one that you'll get from the vaccine manufacturer, that would be worth seeing because then you'd, then you'd have two sides 
of the story. And is that something that usually gets done annually, like booster things? Um, distemper, hepatitis and parvo are traditionally done every three years throughout the dog's life. And leptospirosis is recommended to be done every 12 or so months. But you just do yours once with the parvo and then that's it? Can it be last lifelong? Oh, the World Small, Small Animal Veterinary Association uh, in black and white say a single DHP, uh, i.e. combined or individual P, can last a lifetime. Mm, okay. Yeah. Right. It's like m- many of us had uh, uh, vaccines as kids and we don't get vaccine yeah. vaccinated again. Why should it be any different for dogs? Mm-hmm. Okay. The answer is it doesn't need to be mm. with most of the vaccines. It does not. Not need- the case the past few years. <laughs> That's a whole other subject. Yes. I'd be really happy to talk <laughs> yeah, to you yeah. about that, actually, <laughs> because, uh, yeah, well, you can imagine where I am on that. I'm not mm. vaccinated and my, my family is not vaccinated mm. and I'm really glad with all the information that's yeah, coming same. out now. I'm I'm very glad that I didn't. But it it provokes a lot of very strong reaction. And mm. I believe we should have fully informed consent. I don't think we had that for three years. We were uh, promised it's safe and effective. Yeah. And and yeah, so there's a lot to be said there, but I think people should be able to choose for themselves yeah. once they've had the, the, the here's the pros, here's the cons. This is the research that we've done. This is the safety studies. These are the vaccine injured, uh, you know, and what have you. I think it's 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 informed consent, yeah. and I don't think we've had that up, uh, to date. Yeah, totally agree with humans and animals. Same, well, same with problem. animals, you know, the 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 COVID vaccine was a, a, a new experimental uh, gene modification technique. It wasn't even a vaccine. In fact, however, vaccination in humans, you know, we can choose. You know, are we going to mm. get vaccinated? Are we mm. not? Your dog has no choice, no. and so you need to do the research. And I think you need to make sure that you have gained as much information as possible to make that informed decision remain remember if you vaccinate you may get problems if you don't vaccinate you may get problems okay yeah so, yeah so do the, your research yeah and i'll put all of your details in the episode show notes i'm sure people that's are going to be reaching out and want to try sure. the different products and yeah hopefully your your online shop will be available then um so yeah thank you so much this has been amazing i have learned a lot and little norman's (laughs) going to benefit from this conversation as well so he thanks you he's downstairs napping at the moment okay fabulous (laughs) thanks so much great vivian it's great to talk to you thank you very much indeed all the very best to you and your your uh followers thank you great thank you very much i really hope you enjoyed this episode If you did, I would love for you to leave me a rating and review on your podcast app as this helps to support the show and it allows it to reach more people with this valuable information. Come and say hi over on Instagram. I'm at Viva Natural Health. And if you haven't already, check out my website, vivanaturalhealth.co.uk for tons more free resources and to discover how I could support you further. I currently offer one-on-one consultation packages if you want my top level support then more affordable group programs and self-paced online courses. So there really is something for everyone. 
enjoy the rest of your day and I'll see you back here next week for another episode.